Thanks for tuning in on our Canyon Hills San Luis Obispo podcast. Wherever you're tuning in from, we pray you're encouraged by the message. Matthew chapter 12. Everyone's looking around. Who has silver hair? Anyways, Matthew chapter 12. This is Jesus speaking. And he says, Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. Now then he has some, some very hard words. Understand the context upon which he's speaking to. Brood of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's an interesting line right there. Out of the abundance of the heart, your words stem from your heart. Ooh, we're going to talk about that today. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account. Wow. They will give account of it in the day of judgment. Verse 37. For by your words you will be justified. And by your words you will be condemned. We're starting a series today called You and Me. It's about relationships. Whether you're married, single, divorced, dating, whatever phase you were in, God has something to say about it. So we're going to take the next two weeks and we're just going to talk about it. And hopefully you'll laugh, you might even cry, I might even say some things that step on your toes. But I'll be kind. Some of them already know. Some of them are like, please step on my toes. Some of them are like, I got to change my shoes. Ushers, watch this group up here today, okay? I'd like to speak to you today from the subject of communicate, communicate, communicate. I couldn't come up with a catchier title than that. So I just took the same word and I repeated it three times. Brings emphasis to it. Let's pray. Father, help in Jesus' name and all God's people said. Amen. Amen. Church, you may be seated. Omar, thank you so much. I tell you what, I love a good church service when you get to hug people. I'm like, something's on my shoulder and I've been hugging people and I got makeup on it. So I keep thinking someone's standing right here. But I think it's a good church service when you, you hug people and their makeup gets on you. So there you go. A husband was trying to convince his wife that women talk more than men. And he showed her a study which indicated that men on an average use 15,000 words a day. Whereas women use 30,000 words a day. So she thought about it for a moment. And then she told him, well, you know, that kind of makes sense because women have to repeat everything they say to their husbands. <laughs> to which her husband said, what? <laughs> Let me just set the stage for the next two weeks. I, I think sometimes we do a disservice in church services, and I'll just speak for myself and in the past, when we take a subject and we just speak to the married people in the room. We do like a three or four part series for marriage, and it's not that that's 
not important. I mean, it's a good thing to do. But if you look around, not everyone's married in the room. We have some people that are married. We have some people that are single. We have some in relationships. We have some um, that... One of the spouses has gone to heaven, even this week. And it just, it's hard for people when you speak on a subject that is either beyond them or not in the season that they're in. And so I thought about this whole idea of what do you do when you, when you talk about relationships in a room full of a bunch of different people in a bunch of different places. And so as I was praying about this a few weeks ago, I started to think about what makes great relationships, even if you're not in one. And I started to think about what would be the subject that you would talk about that could benefit whether you're in a relationship now, in a marriage now, or, uh, I know you're going to joke at me because I say it all the time, or if you're single and you're ready to mingle, or you've been ready to mingle and you're wondering, God, what's going on here? I'm ready, right? And so I thought about these things, and the, and the part that really came down to today was something that is beneficial for all. Because so many times in relationships or in marriage, we tend to point the finger at the other person, wanting them to get their act together in some way, shape, or form, because they're not meeting the needs or doing what you want them to do. So the finger's always going that way, and you wonder why you keep beating up against a wall, and you wonder why there's always friction, and you wonder why you can never get somewhere, even though you sweep it under the cup for just a little bit, it always comes back. You wanna know why that is? Because you're always pointing the finger that way. Instead of pointing it this way. See, one of the greatest tips of advice I got before I got married was rich. And I really need to listen to it. I need to remind myself of it often. You might find yourself in the next two weeks saying the same thing. Rich, you need to focus on you and work on you. And not always point out the flaw in the other person. You need to, and if you do that, and if you allow the Holy Spirit to work in you and lead you and guide you, your relationships will be far better than what you could do on your own. And everyone said, amen. If you are quiet in church today, my goal is to get you to not be so quiet in church today because it takes the awkwardness out of the room when you speak on something like this. See, today we're talking about communication. And that in, no matter what state or, or spectrum you're in in that time, it matters. And how many of you would agree it needs to keep on being developed? Matter of fact, I would love for you to write this down because here's the deal about communication. Communication is the way that we get to know each other. When you actually use words. Think about it in a friendship. You need to talk with someone to know someone. When you talk to them, you see what they like, what they don't like. You see their interests. You see their, a lot of other things. But you can't get to know somebody unless you communicate with them. You have to exchange words. I, I tell young guys all the time, they, they come to our church and they want to get married, but they don't even know how to say hi. <laughs> like, when's the last time you just walked up to someone you thought was cute? You're like, God, you did a really great job with them. Don't look at me that way, by the way. God, like, well, I just, I, I don't have any friends. When's the last time you were friendly? And you just started off a conversation with, hello, my name is 
Joe. What is your name? You got you to gotta communicate. You got to open that door. Some of you need to kick down that door if, of course, God is leading you. But communication is how you get to know someone. You spend time with them and you do stuff. Now, you can't know a person without some type of communication. It's how you understand a person's heart. It's how we talk through life. Communication is how we resolve issues. It's how we express our needs. So I think we would all agree that communication is a very, very big deal. Would you agree? All right. Think about this in war. Think about this. In war, one of the tactics of the enemy is to try to disrupt the communication lines of whomever they're opposing. They don't want good communication taking place because if communication can be disrupted, it's a major blow and it could lead to defeat. And so it is in relationships. The enemy is always trying to disrupt the lines of communication. Now the Bible says that we're not to be ignorant of the schemes of the devil. That we're to be mindful of it. And so it is in relationships, we have to understand this idea of communication. So, Jesus in our opening passage of scripture is bringing this to our attention. And he's using it in the form of words. Look at your neighbor real quick and say words. He's saying that your words, they really matter. What you say carries weight. So I want to answer two questions if you're joining us for the very first time. There are two questions that we always ask every single week about our given topic or theme, which today the topic is relationships, but it's more so communication. And the two questions that we always want to answer is, is what do we need to know about communication? And then what do we need to do? Why do we need to know something? Well, the Bible says in Proverbs that we do everything we can to gain wisdom and to gain understanding, meaning you don't get the opportunity to never grow. You should always be growing. You should always be learning. You should be participating, leaning in, taking notes, typing notes, doing something to engage yourself to know about things, gain in wisdom. Then we need to do something. For the Bible says in the book of James that we can't just be hearers of the word, but we must be doers of the word. You guys are getting so good at that. Every single week I do the pointing thing, the pointing thing, and you actually, you say it. So we got to just be hearers, but then we also need to be doers especially, especially in what God's word says, okay? So let's talk about what we need to know in the form of communication, okay? I want to give you some common dangers in communication that we need to understand. First is this, failing to appreciate the power of our words is a common danger that we need to be very, very mindful of. Have you noticed that we live in a time where people are very cynical or they're really smart alecky? I don't know if I said that right, but I went for it. Have you noticed how easy it is in our culture just to kind of pop off at the mouth? Why are you guys looking at me that way? Smile or something. You know what I mean? It's just easy. Think about how, how carelessly people use their words. Think about how people can be crude. The Bible says in Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue, 
and those who love it will eat its fruit. The power in your relationships is determined by the words. Think about it. We say this often. God took the emptiness of everything in the book of Genesis. There was nothing. The earth was empty. It was void. And it was dark. And God, when he created everything, decided that he wasn't going to use his hands to build something. He's God. So he did something really cool. He actually just spoke a word, and it was. He spoke light, and there was light. He spoke land, and there was land. He spoke water, and aren't you thankful for that? Because we live in a beautiful place where we get to stare at that water all the time. And if you're joining us from Bakersfield, I'm so sorry. <laughs> the valley is all yours. And everything that comes with it. Dust, heat, whatever. Central Coast. Animals. He spoke in animals. I mean, I, by the way, have you ever just looked up weird animals? Anybody? Maybe I'm the only one. Some of you are nodding your head. You're not saying it out loud because you don't want anybody else to know. But man, sometimes I look at some of the things that God created, and I'm like, what in the world is that? And why do we need it? Did you know that there are certain fish that eat, you know, other fish and things, but there are some fish that are able to spit water at flies, so it hits the fly, the fly falls down on the water, and the fish eats the fly. They spit. Like, did God just get bored at that point? Like, I've got the dog, I've got the cat, some cats better than other cats. I've got, I've got all these different things. And uh, you know what? Let's just make a fish that spits water and eats food, you know? But he spoke it with a word. He spoke this world. Now, I find it interesting, though, that he didn't speak you. He made us from the dust of the ground and from his breath. Man, that's good right there. That tells you that you are more important than your dog or cat. I mean, got quiet on that one. I didn't mean to offend the dog. You start talking about people's dogs in church, man. They start looking at you like, don't you dare say that, pastor. He spoke a word. He spoke a word. And you and I, every single day, can move our eyes and see it. And yet sometimes we don't understand that our words create the world upon which we live in. We don't understand that our words can create friction in our relationships because we throw them out sometimes so carelessly when indeed they're so powerful. I'll prove it to you. If you've ever been hurt by a family member, a spouse, a friend, and even sometimes people that you don't even know, isn't it amazing that they can say one word that can tear you down and you let it? That's how powerful words are. I know people who live lifetimes trying to prove people wrong because of a word that was spoken over them. I'm about to prove because of words. Friends, can I just tell you, you need to appreciate the power of your words because they can build and they can tear down. Here's what I know. I must know that God has a plan for my words. And if that is the case, then guess what? 
That means the enemy also has the plans for my words too. Because he's always going to want me to do the opposite of what God says. That's what he does. So when, when we say your words build people up, he's saying, how can I get them to use words that tear people down? So there's a plan for those. God created his world with his words, and we create the same. But if you don't like your world, a good place to begin change is with the words that you have. So it's failing to appreciate the power of words. Number two, it's failing to understand our words reveal something deeper. Now, i got to be honest with you. I am not educated in counseling. Just not. Anybody else? If you are, I'm getting ready to pull you up on stage right now, and you can just let us. I'm just not. I love God's Word, though, and I believe God's Word has something to say about everything. But, man, when you start talking about how your words can reveal something deeper, it sounds like it's something that we really have to look into. Can I just say, yeah, it probably is. Let's go back to the words of Jesus. Look at Matthew 12. Make a tree good, and its fruit will be good, or make a tree bad, and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. Brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. The mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Your mouth speaks what your heart is full of. So what's in your heart? Right? That's powerful. So a good man, he brings good things out of the good stored up in him. Wait a minute. So I can store good or I can store bad? Yes. And that's the goal of today. That if you walked in here and your heart is full of bad, that your words don't build up, but they tear down, that actually you can give that over to God today and leave this place better than the way that you walked in, speaking life, because you're going to start to get some good things in your life and in your heart. Some of us just need to maybe, just maybe for a week or two, just keep our mouths shut. You know what I mean? Come on, let's just shoot real. Some of us, man, whoo, we got some bad stuff in here. And it might take more than a day or two to put some good stuff in. But a good place to start is don't keep adding to the bad, just And every time you want to say something, just turn around and pray or something, man. Just walk away. I'm telling you, you've got to get the good inside. A good man brings good things that are stored up in him. And an evil man brings evil things out of evil. Look at verse 36. But I tell you that everyone, everyone, you and me, will have to give an account. That sounds frightening to me. Man, because I've said some things I shouldn't have said. And don't get it twisted. That doesn't mean God looks down at you and goes, hmm, that's not God. But he will challenge you. He will ask you to do better. But God won't shame you. So if you're here today, and man, your words have just torn people down, and you've got a list of people that you need to forget, don't beat yourself up today. But let God get your attention. That it's now time to build up. It's time to speak life. It's time to speak good things. Man, because when you do that, man, life gets a whole lot better. So you'll give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word that they have spoken. I've heard people defending their harmful words say, 
those are just words. That's really not my heart. You ever heard that before? Jesus is saying that's not true. Your words reveal your heart. You got to get an account for them. If your words, think of this, are filled with, let's just talk about some bitterness and hatefulness, it means there might be some unforgiveness in your heart. You ever had a conversation with a bitter person? I mean this respectfully, man. They just suck the life out of the room. Maybe they have some unforgiveness in their heart. If your words are filled with disrespect, it could mean that your heart, that you are devaluating or devaluing or taking for granted that person. Man, I've done that. I was texting back and forth with Vanessa this morning, and in my week of prep, I said, man, I feel like I'm the last person that should walk up on this stage and talk about this, because I don't always get it right. How about you? Man, I have disrespected my wife more times than I ever should. I have devalued my role in the relationship. What, because I didn't get my way? I had a bad day? Not understanding that my words, if I don't deal with them, begin to create this baseline of a relationship. Devaluing. Silence. If your words are, which sounds kind of contrary, are filled with silence, it means separation. You're either checking out or you're punishing that person close to you. How about abusive speech? It could mean that you're trying to control that person. It's your narrative. Can I just say something before it gets way too heavy in here? <laughs> your words reveal your heart. So what's your heart? The Bible says to guard your heart, for out of it spring the issues of life. Some translations say above all else, guard your heart. Above all else, above all else, meaning you need to focus on this. Guard your heart above everything. Because for out of it, think of it, out of it flow the issues. So when I got issues going on in my life, it stems from right here. So we got to work on that. I love that you guys smile during church. It makes my heart so much happier. Number three, failing to realize the difference between men and women. Now, I talked, I said this is common dangers in communication. <laughs> men, it's your turn first. Men, they do this, and if this is not you, I'm so happy for you. Can I just say that? God bless you. You know, I know I always say I'm available to you. We'll go out and grab a meal and we can talk. I'll pay. I might be saying today, can you take me out for a meal? Speak life into me and can you please pay, okay? <laughs> but men, we do this. We do this by not understanding a woman's need for communication. See, this is the way that God has actually wired women. It's not just a want, it's a need. And I understand I'm speaking in terms. It's for the most part, okay? Not every woman is this way. Not every man is this way. But for the most part, this is the way that God has wired them. So a man comes home, 
And his wife wants to know, where'd you go? What'd you see? What'd they say? How do you feel about that? <laughs> this is what connects a woman to her spouse's life. So the man, nothing happened, went to work, filled up the truck. Day's over. Gentlemen, some of you, <laughs> you got it. Let me tell you what she needs. She needs, honey, this morning I woke up at 6.33. I didn't actually open my eyes, but I came into consciousness. I was feeling a little insecure about the day in the following areas, but for you and the kids, I pushed through. Gentlemen, she wants details. Now, <laughs> oh, we got some clapping going. I don't know what to do with that. Now, in my marriage, it's quite the opposite. Vanessa's like, can you please just stop already? Because I've got the word. She's watching online right now. She's probably putting like hand clap emojis and praise the Lord and this is fire and boom, whatever the case may be. I love you so much. Can you please come home? I am a wreck without you. Um, but it's like, man, it's like just carry a conversation. Guys, there's a difference between men and women. Own that. It's okay to own that. Here's the point that I'm trying to make. We hear through our deepest needs. Think about that. In other words, if I put it into my marriage, if I just sit down and I communicate with Vanessa and I, and I listen to, and, and listen, actively listen to her. Some of you need to stop. Some of you need to put your dang phone down. That sounded a little harsh. Some of you need to put your phone down when, <laughs> when your wife is trying to talk to you. I don't care if it's minimal. The minute they want to talk to you, put it down and make eye contact. Amen. Amen. Listen, and then just create the barriers. Listen, if it's going to be a night where you're going to watch a TV show, but you want to watch your TV show and cruise on your phone, can you just say that up front? I know that sounds really silly, but you know what I'm saying? Can you just give some proper expectations of what this is going to look like? Set the course. You know, you know, most of the time, we're not let down because someone hurt us. We're let down because they didn't meet an expectation that we had. And most of the time, we never made that expectation with the person. And yet we're disappointed. I've had to, I've had to tell myself, I cannot hold Vanessa accountable to anything I have not asked or said or requested. She can't read my mind. Goodness gracious. Listen, guys, Adam in the Bible went to sleep. And when he woke up, there was this woman. That's why, woman, whoa, man. And some of us think we're going to figure each other out miraculously? No, you got to talk. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to talk. Now look at the other person you just ignored and tell them I'm talking. So women need communication that helps them feel connected and secure. Amen. Men primarily need communication that makes them feel esteemed, respected, and believed in. Now men, because I'm a man, I'm going to say it to you. You need to give your spouse or your relationship a reason for them to believe in you, to respect you, 
to honor you. You don't get to play the card because I'm the man you do this. It's nowhere in the Bible. Man, ladies are making some noise this morning. Listen, women, in a relationship, whatever, again, we got all these different things, right? It's not just a talk for just marriage. It's relationships all the way around. You got to tell your man how proud you are of him when he does something. I don't care what it is. Honey, I'm proud of you. As Omar comes, this group right here, I love them, man. They're, they're fully bought in here. I noticed Anthony is slipping lower and lower into his seat. I don't know if he wants to be associated as being married today, but I see you. I understand you. I'm listening to you. This poor guy over here is... Man, his toe is broken, by the way. So if I'm stepping on your toes, I'm sorry. I started to think about this whole idea of, like, communication, right? And I know we're having some fun today. And I, listen, I think church should be this way. I, I had a guy tell me one time, you shouldn't be talking about parenting and marriage and all these things in church. And then you wonder why things fall apart. The church should have something to say about these things. So if you're here and you're like preaching about the blood, put Jesus on, I'm all for that, okay, but I'm just saying like marriages can get healthy in here, relationships can get healthy in here. If you're single, you can start to prepare yourself for that day. So we should have an answer for things in the church. And if you feel otherwise, I'm so sorry. But we want you to make it. So we're going to talk about these things, okay? I, by the way, and I have no idea what's coming up next week. And I'm not telling you either until you come back. And next week, it's going to be really cool because I've got my family in town next week. And the guys that I've been in a Bible study with that are full-blown non-church people that are in a Bible study with us, they're going to be here next week. And I'm stoked. So if you're going to be here next week, man, come ready to just turn this place wild. I want them to see Jesus in a real way. It's going to be good. What do we need to do? I'm going to go through this quick as I had planned. What do we need to do? I want to give you five elements of a healthy communication. Five, just five. I want to say five. There's probably more. But I figured there's five love languages, so I'm going to pick five points. Let me give you five things on how you communicate and how it will help. Number one is this, is you got to express care. Express care. It's impossible to communicate with a person who doesn't really care. And can I tell you, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. If you don't care for me and I know that, I don't want to receive from you. Yeah. It's not that it's fully bad, but because I don't know if you have my best interest in mind, I don't know if you're for me. Does that make sense? Yeah. But when someone cares for you and they have your best interest in mind, oh man, those are like words that bring life. I know I joked about Dave last week, and I know we all laughed about it. I know he knew that I was joking, but 59 years of marriage. And I was like, what a show off, you know? <laughs> but there's times when he'll say something to me in passing, and I'm like, that will help me. And because Dave cares for me, if he saw something in me and he pulled me to the side and said, I need to, I need to speak into this, I would respect that. I would listen to that. Let me just say this real quick. Because I know this could be a very, very tough message today for those of you that have experienced divorce. And I want everyone in this room to hear me. 
Don't you ever shame a person who's lost their marriage. Don't you ever do that. God's not done with them, and you don't know all the circumstances. So before you start doing this, you better pray. I want to say that because this could be a very difficult thing to hear today because you might be sitting here going like, man, maybe that could have helped and what if and all that stuff, but you're here and it's over. And I've, I've heard people say, my marriage, we divorced after years or decades, and I don't know if I could ever love again, and I don't know if I'm worthy. Listen, God loves you. He's not mad at you. He's not angry with you. And the Lord can redeem anything. Okay? That's the squirrel moment in the message that I'm not going to apologize for. Because I know it could be hard. But God's not done. He's a good God. And if you want to be restored in marriage, he can do that too. He's God. Man, our ways aren't his ways. His ways are higher than our ways. Man, don't you limit God. Man, he might just knock your socks off. I don't know. Who came up with that statement, by the way? You got to express care. Number two, if you're going to have healthy communication, you need to approach with praise. If you've got some things going on, how many of you guys know it does a really, really good thing when you approach that person with, with praise? The things that they're good at. Listen. If you approach somebody with a negative tone at the beginning of a problem, can I just ask you, how well has that worked out for you? Never works for me, I'll tell you right now. But when I approach and praise, I get to a place where there's some influence and they can see my heart. You see, many times we sabotage our communication by leading with a negative tone. But praise means that when you enter a conversation, you focus on their strengths and the good qualities instead of their weaknesses and your weaknesses. Think of Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things because what you think you will eventually speak. Number three, speak truthfully with love. If you're going to communicate truth and love. Proverbs 3.3, let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Number four, you got to trust in the Lord. Man, we can probably just stop there. Trust in the Lord. Write, write this down. You can read it later. We won't read it now. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 1 through 7. You go back and read that. But let me give you Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. In relationships, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all. In all. Say in all. In all. In all. Give that relationship to the Lord and trust him. Do your part, but put it in his hands. And then number five, just surrender your words to the Lord. If we're going to communicate, we're going to surrender. 
In other words, the prayer is this, Lord, I want my words to be a blessing, not a curse in people's lives. God, will you use my words to minister life, to encourage, to build up, to express worth, and to bring hope. Psalm 19, verse 14, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. You got to trust the Lord. You got to ask him to use your words. I want you to stand with me today as we close. And I'm going to do something that usually doesn't make sense when you're putting together a message, but I'm going to give you one last thing which normally you would put at the top of every message that I wanted to put at the end. Because again, I don't know how God's going to lead me this week in prep. But there's one thing that I think trumps all of the great content, all of the points that we all need in our lives in this area. Again, we're talking about communication. We're talking about dialogue. We're talking about, all, and they look different for all of us in whatever stage that we're in. And there's one thing that we all need that will help us, especially when we can't figure it out. And I wanted to save it to the end because we tend to remember the last thing we heard, right? Unless we take really good notes. At least that is for me. I tend to remember the last thing that I hear. And I started to think about what makes great relationships. A lot of things can make a great relationship. But there's one thing that trumps it all. You can write this down or you can just remember it. But when it comes to your relationships, you need to remember that the Holy Spirit is your helper. The Holy Spirit is my helper. Look at the words in John 14, 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. And he will bring to your remembrance all the things that I have said to you. This is Jesus speaking. He then goes on to say, verses 16, verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. Watch here. I tell you the truth. This gets me. It is to your advantage that I go away. Jesus, the man who did miracles, who raised the dead, opened blind eyes, healed the sick, took items, multiplied them by the thousands. Everywhere he went, people followed. He's literally saying, I've got something better for you than all of that. Mind-boggling. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Your relationships and how good they are are determined upon your ability to say, Holy Spirit, I need help. Because I've tried everything on my own. I've tried to make this work in my own way. I, I need your help. Sometimes the best thing you can do if you're married is to grab your spouse, to grab their hands. We won't do it in church service because that gets really awkward when they would do like a stuff on marriage and they'd say, grab your spouse and hold hands. And look, listen, my wife laughed during our vows in front of people. We're not having a good, strong moment in a service, right? But sometimes maybe at your home 
Or maybe while you're standing at the car and you've got friction going on and things going on, just grab your spouse. Lock hands. And say, Holy Spirit, we need your help. And you just watch what happens. Maybe you've never done that before. I'm going to challenge you this week. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you where you need help. Listen, if you were single and you were struggling in your singleness, you were battling loneliness. We don't speak a lot into this, but it's a very, very big issue. You're single and you're lonely and it leads you to depression or anxiety or a lack of hope. I'm here to tell you that just getting into a relationship might not be what you need. It might just be that you need to ask the Holy Spirit to come into your life and to be your comforter and to be your guide. Because maybe, just maybe, without the Holy Spirit, you might be walking towards a relationship that is not of God. You might be trying to get with someone who doesn't even love Jesus. And can I tell you how that works? More times than not, very bad. For believers, it's called being unequally yoked. Well, I'm just going to evangelize that person to Jesus. <laughs> it's not your job. But what happens is in loneliness, we make decisions. Let me take it a step further, and I won't go too much further. But then we start to have certain temptations that lead us to things that are harmful. And I think you all know what I'm talking about. You need the Holy Spirit to be with you, to lead you and to guide you. And then you need to surround yourself with the people of God and stop isolating yourself. If you are lonely, if you're depressed, you need to get some help. You need to pray and you need to find your church folk and you need to say, I'm coming over to your house today whether you like it or not because I'm lonely and I don't want to do something stupid. And every great believer would say, no problem, I've got you. Because that's how God leads it. So if you're here and you're lonely, look around. Plenty of people plenty of houses to invade. Stay with us, eat some food first, and then you can go. But hear me what I'm saying. The Holy Spirit will be everything you need him to be. Holy Spirit, what you got, what you got. Thanks again for joining us. If you'd like to connect with us, text CONNECT to 805-321-1357 or visit us at slow.canyonhills.com. Until next time, have a great day and be encouraged that God is with you and for you.